Welcome once again to another episode of Demand Gen Radio, the one program that brings you all the latest methods and technologies for driving growth and increasing demand. With the voice of Demand Gen, David Lewis. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Demand Gen Radio. It's October, uh, at least when I recorded this podcast, and I'm really excited by today's guest on the program because it's a conversation I've wanted to have for a long time, and you'll understand that in just a moment. Of course, unless you saw the thumbnail or read the description of who's on, but uh, it was around this time last year that I got invited to a very special event in Las Vegas. It is Adobe's sales kickoff. They do it every year in December. They probably won't be doing it in Vegas this year in December. But one thing that I'll tell you about Adobe as an attendee of their conferences, whether I'm attending that type of kind of inner circle conference or the broader ones, it is a spectacular event. Just the the quality of the production, uh, their visuals and the the cinematography that they weave in uh, to the opening sessions, you feel like you're an amazing event. So I kind of feel like on a podcast, I got to step up a little bit when I introduce my guests and make sure that he feels the love and feels that presence that I can't bring Las Vegas to all of us, but I can bring him to you. So please welcome Stephen Frieder, the president of Adobe Americas. Just a young gun with the quick fuse. I was uptight, wanna let loose. I was dreaming of bigger things. Oh, we got an applause too. Ah, Stephen, so good to have. Do you feel yourself on the big stage? I'm feeling it big time, Dave. It's nice in uh, COVID when I'm actually at home doing this because of this crazy tyrant. I feel like I'm on a big stage. So yeah, thank you, you for can. having me, Dave. This is a great honor for me to be talking to this group of marketers and to be talking to you and your your team. Well, I I feel the same same honor, and I you know we're all very 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 busy these days, so. I appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to have what I think is a really important chat. And, and Stephen, if I can just set things up, it was, I guess, I don't know, it feels like about eight years ago. I was in uh, Reno of all places. It was a guy's trip. We were taking a long weekend to go skiing and I was waking up in the morning. And again, it's a guy's trip. So it was a late night and I roll out of bed and I look down on the floor and my phone is on uh, the back. So the back is facing up and the phone is, is facing down. And I turn my phone over and my wife has sent me a text that says, what do you think about Oracle buying Eloqua? Ooh. And I was like, does, what, what, does she mean that they license? Because they were in a sales cycle to actually license Eloqua. But as I opened up the phone and saw the news, it was an actual acquisition. And it was, it was painful. Like I was like, oh my God one of the largest, what I said, database companies in the world, but at that time, the leading marketing automation platform, like, what does this mean to their users? What does it mean to the industry? What does it mean to our business? Now, fast forward a few years later, and now we've built a very thriving practice that is well beyond Eloqua and in the Marketo space. And practically the same thing happens. Text shows up on the phone, and it wasn't from my wife this time, but it was, did you hear the news about Adobe buying Marketo? And I had a completely different emotional reaction, and I was so thrilled and so excited. And there were lots of rumors out there of stuff that could happen. But the reason I want to have this podcast is I kind of want to go to that point because 
I have, you know, I, I've had people on the podcast where we've talked a little bit about it, but your background, you were with Omniture. You went through an acquisition of Adobe. So you've lived that experience firsthand. But to the community, what, what I like to call the marketing nation, I was very excited. And if, I, if you'll indulge me for just one more moment, I want to tell you why I was so excited. And that was, as, as you know, my, my background, I started my career at Microsoft, which was a great place to start working straight out of college. And back then, which is just, just to date myself, that was like 1988, we were bringing the first Windows products to market and Windows operating system. And I had dinner with Bill Gates down in Long Beach. Long Beach Grand Prix was going on. And I'm sitting down. It was just Bill, my manager, and myself. A little intimidating dinner at 22 years old or whatever I was. And he says, how's your job going? I'm like, oh, shoot. How do I answer that question? Because I'm thinking in my head, it's pretty hard job. I have to tell the world that DOS is not the right operating system any longer, that they should throw away WordPerfect and throw away Lotus 123 and DBase and all the products that they were using. And so I was kind of a version of telling him that. And he said, Dave, let me tell you something. We built the first operating system for PC computing. And now we've built the evolution of that operating system. We've also built all the applications that could never be built on DOS now on Windows, and the world will use the entire Microsoft suite of tools. They didn't call it Microsoft Office back then. And he was so confident, and not arrogant, but confident because his vision was to create the entire tool set for people running business applications. And that is the same way that I see Adobe and its evolution. I see it that way, but I'm not inside Adobe. So I feel like it's not dinner, but I'm sitting down with you. And would you... Tell me, tell everybody, like, what when that acquisition yours and and Marketo, obviously all the pieces are being pulled together. And I just want to know from the insider's perspective, what's going on there? What is the vision? Yeah, no, Dave, that's it's great. I mean, I think the story almost starts a little bit further back for pre-Marketo acquisition. If you think about it, Adobe has been around for 30 plus years. We built a great business targeting creative people. Photoshop, Lightroom, you name it, were key in dominating that with the focus of changing the world through digital experiences. So Shantanu, CEO, says, you know what? This thing called digital is happening, and I'm not taking advantage of this. So fortunately for me, in the next 10, 15 years of my life, he says, let's go get into the data space and and combine data and creativity and make the acquisition of Amateur. And that was the first step. And when he did it, I think people's first reaction was, actually, we know, because it was in the press, it's like, what is he doing? Like, what's the combination? And very similar to Mr. Gates, he had that vision of creating a marketing platform dashboard of combining creative with data to provide great experiences across all channels. And Marketo was the evolution of that, where you think of, you know, transparently, we've been super strong owning B2C experiences in the past seven years, right? Really dominant, whether it's, you know, GM, Walmart, Neiman Marcus, Bank of America, Adobe is driving that through creative data and content. But we clearly knew the next area of large opportunity for us was to take that great experience in digital to B2B. And it was an area where we were struggling. So that's when we went out and bought Marketo, clearly the best solution to drive marketing experiences and really help people understand that data and using that data to drive great experiences. And that that's really what the focus is, right? And that is why we did it. And it's been a great, great 
marriage for us is we continue to work with the marketers to drive the great marketing, engage Marketo, engage experience. But really now it's to create that B2B experience using data and content and account-based marketing to drive that. And that's the strategy behind buying Marketo. Yeah. It, it, and I'm glad you guys own that. Hey, we were, we were crushing it in B2C because people know you for that. But I, I would even say that, again, come back to my excitement about it is, you know, I grew up on Adobe's products. I think every marketer grows up on Adobe's products. You use Photoshop, you use Illustrator, you know, before there was ever Creative Suite and Creative Cloud. And, you know, if all the top YouTubers in the world, if you make videos, you use Adobe Premiere. You yeah. might start with iMovie. You might you know, graduate into something a little bit more powerful. But when you really start looking to say, I want to take my game to the top level, they move into tools like that. And like I said, back at the conferences, when your guys' visuals, you know this, when you come on stage and you're seeing these huge panorama video displays and the Adobe videos kick in, you sit there like with your jaw open going, holy cow. And I, I'm, I'm guessing, but I would think that a lot of Apple's introductions of other products, they have to leverage your tool set. So again, coming back as a guy who's been using marketing automation to help our clients grow their business, it is a logical place that if you're using the creative tools from Adobe to make the visuals and make the content that you want to put in front of people, whether that's through an email, a landing page, or like you said, a website, um, shouldn't you orchestrate that engagement with powerful tools? How has it been? It's now, I don't, I think it's about almost two years since the yeah. acquisition. And yeah. like any acquisition, it, you have a transitionary period. Uh, and so how are, how is the dust settling now? The dust settling great. I mean, what, you know, Adobe has an interesting acquisition strategy. We don't do a ton. When we do them, we want to make sure that they're best in breed and we're going to really build it, stay with the community that loves the product and make sure we're going to continue to improve that product, but also get the synergies you're talking about with Creative Cloud or the rest of the Experience Cloud. And it's an evolution, right? We know that it's improving every year. I mean, first six months, 12 months, we leave it alone and make sure we hold it. And now we're really starting to see the great integrations with Creative Cloud coming into using that content and lead management and connecting it. But next, it's, you know, now we're tying it to commerce, and how we use lead management to tie to commerce because we made the Magento acquisition as well and with assets. So really, you know, it's an evolution where, you know, we plan a flag and we're building it, but the integrations are getting better and better. And this community that's listening today pushes me and our head of product every day on making sure that it becomes a seamless experience because they want the value of the integrated suite. And I feel really good about where we are now. And we're going to be launching next year the Adobe uh, B2B Experience Cloud, which will be a combination of our all of our solutions coming together in one interface and one one process, which we're very excited about. That's great. I think a lot of people say, oh, yeah, I'm sure the products are going to get integrated and they're skeptical. But you guys are really doing it. In fact, yeah. this morning at eight o'clock, you had a partner event for folks like us to be on. And the whole content focus of that was all about the integration between Marketo and Adobe Experience Manager. And we have Tons and tons of clients who use Adobe Experience Manager to power their website companies like CenturyLink, who have a thriving B2B practice, but also B2C. And it is that that was another acquisition when it originally started was 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 it day one? Do yep. I have that right? Yeah. Day, day software. Yep. Day software. Yep. And so when day software made this thing, I saw it way before it was Adobe. So I'm like, that is an incredible content management system or web system. And, you know, I was familiar, of course, with the other tools that are out there. And then I'm like, wow, I want that thing. And it was, 
I think it was like a quarter million dollars at the time. And I'm yeah. like, oh, that's clearly not for little old me and the website that I'm building. But I loved how that you could take an image from Photoshop and you could resize that image and drag it over, place it anywhere you want on the page without writing code and really build these incredible websites. And like you say, you guys have crushed it in B2C where the website is so critical yeah. for sales and marketing. Let's talk about that too, because you know, forget 2020 being just the year of uh, COVID that we'll all remember. It's also become the year where digital transformation and e-commerce, you know, if you're not playing in that space, your business was completely hampered. You didn't make the acquisition of Margento because you had some crystal ball and knew all this was going on. You guys knew that e-commerce was here to stay and going to be extremely relevant for every company of every size, right? And so Magento came as an acquisition, I think slightly before the Marketo one and the integration is there has gone well. So what do you think in terms of like, you, you, you've been in sales leadership roles many times throughout your career. And I want to say something, which is, I feel that the future of revenue growth is through marketing, that marketing has to take the pole position in driving revenue because of how buyers are going to buy and what their roles are. And we clearly see that in B2C. What's your viewpoint on that? And, and do you think that it's, it's relevant in the B2B space as well? Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely relevant in B2B. It's, I almost think, you know, what has really happened with COVID is just the massive acceleration. I mean, I've seen marketers and my favorite part of my job is I get to talk to CMOs all the time, every day, big companies, small companies. And the, the partnership between a CIO, a sales leader and a CMO right now with a CMO in front of the process has drastically changed with COVID because my sales team can't go and fly and see anybody anymore. So the interaction, making sure from a marketer's perspective and really driving that and providing the right content to people at the right time is more important than ever right now. And the, you know, the advantage of digital is that you have so much information on the people we're looking to work with and how do you provide that exact right content? And that's what we're focused on doing and making sure account-based marketing is not just, blasting out information, but using the great creative and the great branding. So the CMO we see is now the value driver in the business. And that's how we look at Adobe as well, you know, as my partner in crime or CMO and really making sure that she is front because people have the same understanding and want to be treated the same way in home when you're with your kids on a weekend as you are when you're working, right? You want to have a great experience, like you got to be seamless. And that's not easy to do. But that's what we're focused on helping marketers do every day. I, I threw it in the trash, Stephen. I, sh- I probably should have kept it. I got this letter from Porsche the other day and I opened it up and I had just turned in my car. So I thought it was like one of those lease, like this is what you still owe on your lease, which I'd already gotten that letter and I, I sent the money in. But it was a letter from Porsche saying, um, we wanted to just recognize and let you know that we heard on your podcast, your disappointment with our mobile application and we're working hard to improve it and make it a more frictionless experience. And I was like, wow, they're tuning in Dimension Radio. I mean, maybe that's technology that can hear those sentiments. But I was I was very vocal about, I want to make a payment online. They're probably going to pick this one up too. Sorry, guys. I know you're working on it. If you listen, <laughs> I know I just do it quick. Um, and that was, why can't I make a payment after hours, right? Who does that anymore? If you call their payment line to make a payment on the phone, if you don't call between nine to five, I think it was Pacific, you can't actually make an online payment like what the robot 
went home. Like it's, it's, it was crazy and you couldn't do it on the app. So they're going to work on that. I trust your Porsche. You'll get there. But that is the expectation of every buyer is to have this frictionless experience. I mean, if I want to order lunch, you and I can see each other. We're on video. Like I can just DoorDash. I can have food brought to you, brought to, you know, it's that easy. You can return things. You can do everything. And if we're consumers doing that, doesn't matter if we're, if we're B2B. Absolutely. And you guys are so passionate about it. I do want to say one thing. And by the way, if I sound like a big fanboy for Adobe, I am. I mean, my wife worked there. I love Adobe. This is not sponsored by Adobe, but these guys are so committed to making marketers successful. Yeah. As someone who's spent his entire career in marketing, I want to be part of a company that cares about my career success. So I want to say, like your executive forum, you get marketing leadership together on a regular basis. You say you talk to them all the time, but you pull everybody together regularly to help you guys engineer, design the future state of the products and hear the challenges that they have. I don't know companies that do it as well as, as you guys do. And it's, it's clearly part of the culture, but what are you doing these days when we're all in lockdown and not able to meet as much face-to-face? How are you doing your executive yeah. roundtables? It's great. It's a great point. I mean, I, again, humbly, we are the leading technology company focused on marketers, right? That is what we do. And that is our strength. And I always say, and I believe that one of our biggest assets is just letting marketers talk to marketers and facilitating that. It doesn't matter if you're from sealed air, who's a multi-billion dollar bubble wrap company, or you're the CMO of General Motors, just letting marketers talk and facilitate that with a transparent discussion, because what I hear over and over again is people want to learn from each other because every marketer right now is so challenged is yeah. the world is changing so quickly that there's a great bond that I see with marketers just saying, how do we stay ahead? How do we make sure that we're using data and taking advantage of technology? And you know, the pressure on marketers is huge today, right? They are front and center. There's no hiding because you're measurable every day on what you do because of the importance of data. And, you know, we're also realizing marketing organizations are getting reduced. Yeah. You're more accountable with less resources. And that's where we really want to help the community set people up for success. And we understand it's not just about technology. We are so clear. It's people, process, and technology that makes success. So that, I think, is a, a really important part. So what we're doing today, to answer your direct question, is we're getting small groups of marketers together, five people, six people, four people together, and you know, getting subjects last this week, the conversation was leadership through adversity, right? And we just spent time talking to five CMOs about that. And people are loving it. And, you know, as I always say, give me feedback. If it's not working for you, we're going to change it because we're doing it for you. So yeah. we really enjoy that. I want to come back to the point you make about the marketer's job today and how challenging it is. And it, it, it's challenging no matter what level you are in the organization. Um, it's rewarding because you're learning and doing lots of different things. But today's CMO has to be both right brain and left brain. I mean, there's more unicorns now than herds, but it's going to become that way because we all grew up in the era primarily of marketing is, I don't want to say the arts and crafts department, but what I'm saying is it's about creativity, campaigns. Um, It has evolved to become I mean, in some ways, the second CEO, the chief experience officer, right? It's the role of like, what's our client experience? How do we take friction out of the buying process? How do we take friction out of our customer success process? So you've got that duty. Oh, but then I've got to figure out how to generate demand from net new prospects and the install base. 
and all the creative and how do I stand out in a very noisy world? And then, oh, I've got all this technology, all this infrastructure. I've got to be almost like an IT director. And that's where we've seen the rise of the marketing operations leader. And so it's a very challenging role and a very diverse role. And again, I love your guys' commitment to training and development of the field of marketing. And when you acquired Marketo, you didn't just acquire the platform, but you acquired the entire marketing nation, which is an extremely passionate, as you guys have learned, community of of, uh, marketers. I think this is relevant for everybody on the call, at least over 50% of you. Um, We did a survey in June of this year, and over 50% of CMOs told us that they are redoing their marketing organization strategy right now in the middle of COVID, right? And that change is massive. And I think that's really where, you know, staying ahead with technology and keeping life simple is super important right now to live through that, that change and rapid evolution that, as you just explained, the marketing job is so different today. And I see that in the people we get to talk to. It's, it's challenging. And I just, I'm, I'm bringing it up because I think you all should talk to each other about it and the challenges that you're going through. I mean, Stephen and, and the team bring marketing leadership together, whether it's on LinkedIn or, or whatever I can do to help foster community. If you guys want to talk to each other, let me know because we, we're, we're all in this together and it's a very challenging but rewarding time. Um, we're doing we're redoing our website in 2021. Our head of marketing, our chief marketing officer, Tiffany, said it is time to redo the website. And I think about the wireframe project that will go into that, the thought around the user experience, all the elements, all the visuals. It's a daunting, massive project. And oh, by the way, you still got to do everything else you're doing as as well. Um, so I got this text and it says from a friend of mine in the industry, who would have known that 2020 would be the year we all think about data. And he put in all caps, a little smiley face. And I wrote, is it as a return? Just to kind of find out what his next comment would be. And we got on the phone and he's in the data space. And I said to him, I said, data is a really powerful and enabling, but I still today, Stephen, see marketing struggling with data in B2B certainly more than B2C. B2C has figured this out quite a bit further on the journey of, of harnessing data to drive growth. As someone who came from Omniture and someone who understands the space very well, what advice, thoughts, where, where, love to have a conversation with you about why data is not becoming an area that marketing is embracing to drive growth and understanding it. Is it, is it expertise? Is it focus? Um, some people, Someone has said to me, it's not as sexy as as showing a new campaign or that type of stuff. And I'm like, you can't have a successful campaign unless you have great data. It's a great question. So what I find the reason that marketing, um, some marketers are not embracing data. And I, I agree that the B2C companies really are, they're there at this point. And I'm starting to see more and more B2B companies. But if I go to a root cause why data does not drive, is not driven across all marketers, it's because they don't trust the data. Is that they have so much data coming at them today from so many different sources, from their finance system, from their CIO, that it's they go into a meeting and they end up saying, what does this data mean? And we feel really strongly, that, and I personally feel strongly, setting a data foundation that you're going to get the data that you want and that it's meaningful to you. So you don't waste time in a meeting fighting about what the data means. 
It's how mm-hmm. you take action out of it. So that I think is really the work that and it's hard, right? Because every CIO is doing a single view of your customer data lake project. And your CEO is saying, we're going to fix it. And they're going to spend 30 or 20 or $50 million doing it. But the data doesn't get into the hands of the CMO in an actionable way. And that is, I think, the unlock. So our focus is make the data understandable, make it consistent across the C-suite, and then make it actionable. And really simplify the data process. Um, and we're seeing that. And it's work. I'm not, I never claim that's an easy process. Yeah. But, but when you do that as a marketer, you're then in control of your destiny Mm -hmm. because you know what's working and what isn't. And it's no longer anyone can give you a hard time for the sake of it because you have data to stand by. So I clearly believe that's the future. Um, And I am seeing a lot of momentum on it, but it is not easy and it's a lot of work. I think that we have to do a lot more education for B2B on on which data matters and how to leverage it. We worked on, uh, I'll give you a for example, We've, we've got a client who has Adobe Experience Manager, who also has Marketo and a number of other uh, tools, as well as integrations. They're a SaaS company. And so they have integrations to their software registration base. So they can tell if someone is a client, if they're inside the system, if what parts of the application that they're using, they can orchestrate engagement through Marketo and they can modify and enhance the website and make it as relevant and as personalized. So they know how that they can achieve that. But to stitch all that together requires a set of um, expertise and discipline. It requires vision. Like if someone comes to the site and, for example, goes to add a new user and then adds the user, but then the user doesn't log in. If you look at the customer journey and you say, if I'm trying to do A, then B, then C, then D in the journey, then data becomes enabling because you can say, okay, we can use this data right here to see that they haven't accessed the product and then send them the file on outreach to drive them in to onboard them and use them. Okay, now we've onboarded them, but maybe they haven't started using the online training center to take some of the courses. So let's send this communication stream to get them to start using that. And we've had on the more kind of hybrid B2C or at least online e-commerce, cart abandonment streams and that type of stuff. So you have to, I, you got to start with the end in mind, which is what's the journey that we're trying to create and then use data to get there. Or if you're prospecting, you guys have done a lot in integrating all of the, the data tools that you have so that marketers can target the right people at the right time. But it's daunting. And our, our best clients are investing in, I'm going to call it a data scientist, but it's certainly someone on the team who has a really good mind of how to apply data to, to solve um, problems or create, uh, create opportunities. I think your, your point is the way that we approach it is don't try and do data for data's sake. What is the use case you're trying to solve and build from there backwards? And that and just build, you know, sometimes I see a lot of CEOs and CMOs and CIOs say, plant this amazing perfection nirvana they're going to try and get to. It's going to be three years out. It doesn't work, right? You have to, you have to plant a flag that's 24 months out. How do you find some use cases that you can get some quick wins within four months and then six months and build momentum using data? And that's where you start to change the culture because it's a big culture change. Mm-hmm. When you work with your sales team, let's pivot and talk about them um, inspiring marketers and bringing them onto the platform. I would think at this point, every major B2B organization in certain industries, I know that like manufacturing are still catching up, but most people have an email marketing system, probably have a marketing automation system. Um, and they certainly have a CRM. 95% of our clients have 
have uh, Salesforce, the rest have something else. So it's almost 100%. And I respect Salesforce for building what they have done from a CRM perspective. But again, like Oracle, they're a database company. They're, yep. they, haven't, they haven't grown up serving the needs of, of marketers. And while some people use their products, certainly. And I want to ask you that when your sales team is talking to you about their sales challenges and they're going up against the competition, what are you coaching and sharing to them? I'll, I'll tell you my response when, I, when clients come to us and say, should I use flavor A, B, or C? But I'm curious what kind of objections or coaching that you're giving the sales team. Because again, to me, it's such a no-brainer to invest in a company that's building a suite of applications for a discipline and a field. Like that's what Adobe does. They wake up every morning doing that. But it is not the right solution for everybody. Like if Jan's bike store, you know, is looking to do something, they're probably not going to become an Adobe, you know, uh, campaign or, or Marketo uh, user. But I, I'm, I'm curious what, what you're hearing in the field, because I think we need to double, triple, quadruple the number of companies that are using, you know, high performance marketing automation platforms. Yeah, I think, um, so the way we look at it and I look at it is, you know, there's companies that invested in building financial systems. There's companies that focused on building CRMs. We're focused on building a marketing stack for marketers. And we're building, and again, we know we have to win best of breed every day. And that's why we bought Marketo instead of anybody else, because we knew that was best in breed. So individually, we have to stand and make sure we have the best leadership spot and we continue to do that and win there. But where it becomes, and again, to your point, we're not perfect for everybody, right? And I think that's really, we, you know, the great thing about the technology world today is if we're not selling the right solution for the right time for the right person, people can fire us every year. So my focus is make sure you're solving their business problem. We are the, for, you know, most B2B companies and most B2C companies, we're the right solution because of the entire experience from creative content to data and then to delivery for marketers. And I think that's really what we're seeing. And that's why we're, we're winning at a very, very nice rate in this space right now. I'll point out to folks listening. And again, full disclosure, we have clients on every one of the major platforms. So there is the right tool for the right person. But if you want to hear people's opinions and thoughts from the experts who use this, look me up on LinkedIn. If we're not already connected, just look me up. And there's a post that I did, which was like, for example, I did Pardot versus Marketo and I did Eloqua versus Marketo. And I just let the communities voice their opinions of what they liked and don't like. So if you want to go check out, just talking about that specific platform, again, that to, I, I don't want to diminish the breadth of what Adobe has for marketers, but that, you know, marketing automation CRM are cornerstone applications that, that you need to, uh, you need to do. Do you guys feel like you're, you said you don't do a lot of acquisitions. Do you feel there's any other holes or areas that you want to address, which of course you can't, you know, disclose any specifics, but categorically, is there anything that you're hearing from CMOs or others to say, we'd love you to provide solutions in, in these areas? Yeah. I mean, there, we are going to continue to focus on the marketer in our acquisitions, right? Like what, what is the end-to-end experience and are there gaps um, that, you know, may not always be the sexiest addition to our portfolio, but what are the basic things that a marketer, because we want to create that marketing dashboard from end to end. And we're not totally there yet, but we're going to own the marketer. We want to own the marketer's mind share and make it simple for them to do business and efficient for them to do business. So as you look around the marketing ecosystem, we're definitely there are gaps that 
we don't have today that we will look at in the next 12 months. Cause, cause it's always evolving. I mean, yeah. the world is evolving at such a rapid rate. Who would have thought like recently we just added the podcast onto Alexa so that, you know, it can play on your Amazon echo. I was like, I wouldn't have thought about the technical integration for us to be able to syndicate it necessarily to those areas. And, and our marketing team is constantly learning new things. When we launched our YouTube channel, uh, you know, getting down to like best practices around creating thumbnails and images, which, which brings you know, me back to like, if you're building stuff in creative cloud and you want to update, you rebrand, you change something and you want to push that update to every place that asset is for a large enterprise, that's daunting if you don't have all the infrastructure stitched in together. Sure. So you know, I'm, I'm about simplification. If I, if I want to change a header graphic and that's used in four different templates and five different areas of the site, I should be able to just change it once and have that updated uh, everywhere. That is a big push for us. The customer simplification from creative cloud to experience cloud and making that seamless for them. When you're showing clients the breadth of the platform, going back to my Microsoft experience, you know, I was, I was this 22 year old kid going up to uh, people at Lockheed, Hughes Aircraft, McDonnell Douglas, all these engineering uh, companies, all these aerospace companies. And I'm saying to them, Hey, uh, you need to throw away all of your computers and retrain all your people and buy all these new applications and you're going to be better off. And they would look at me like, does this kid have any idea what kind of expense that he is proposing to us? And yet that was the future. That is what you need to do. And in the age of digital transformation, it is without question that we need to invest in a suite of tools to engage with our clients 24 seven in this, in this frictionless way and drive uh, e-commerce. Do the reps when they go in with the portfolio and all the power and, and ability that Adobe bring, does it scare people? Uh, yeah, sometimes. And we're very clear that um, you have to really understand where a customer is. And, you know, you may be starting with Marketo and you may do that for 12 to 18 months. And then you may have Adobe Analytics and then you may have the experience platform. Everybody humbly has a creative cloud. Everyone is using our creative tools and a very large percentage of people are using Adobe Analytics. So those are the two products that are pretty widespread and Marketo's pretty broad. So it's, it's how do we build and understand, going back to what I said before, what is the business problem that the marketer wants to solve? And it is probably not right for most people to start with going all with the Adobe Experience Cloud, right? Like, let's start with what you need, solve that business problem, and then build. I mean, there's companies that we start with AEM, as I, I talked about before, you know, just get your content right and deliver that content to people. But then it evolves to doing commerce. And we want to become a strategic partner for our customers and really take them on the journey um, and bring the knowledge that we have. I mean, that is really our goal to understand the, what people want to do and solve their business problems and not say buy everything's in the Adobe bag. That's a, not a way we like to work with the market at all. Yeah, I, you certainly covered the creative tools, even, even on iPads and iPhones, you can get every one of your creative apps, either even as a free, free tool set and, and go from there. Um, we find that the difference between forgetting the technical perspective between like a Pardot and a Marketo, the difference in the persona of our customers that use different tools is really the level of sophistication that they are as a marketing team. 
if they are not trying to conquer the world, if they're not trying to be, you know, the 800 pound gorilla in space, but kind of check the boxes and have some of the essentials that they need, they can rationalize that they don't need to necessarily make the investment in these tools. Kind of like the same person who might use Microsoft Paint versus Photoshop. I mean, maybe that's maybe that's a little too much of an extreme. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. That, with it's uh, to quote Spider Man, with with mm-hmm. great power comes great responsibility, mm-hmm. and yeah. there's no reason to overinvest in a technology if all you're going to do is batch and blast marketing. Yep. But if you're going to integrate sales and marketing and customer service and have that frictionless experience and engage properly, well, you got to get tools that you're not going to outgrow is what we say. And we help a lot of our clients figure out which tool to get. I want to throw one last question um, to you. And we talked a lot about the company and we talked about the people. As I mentioned earlier, my wife worked at Adobe early in her career. And I feel very blessed that I would say of the hundred plus people that we work with at Adobe, a lot of them have become personal friends. Um, The culture there is exceptional, even though the company has gotten extremely large. I mean, you're $250 billion in valuation. I'm, I'm rounding. I yeah. think you can round five or 10 billion these days. Um, but no, it, it, it's an incredibly large company and the people are amazing and the culture is amazing. You guys this year were, were some of the first enterprises to say, you know what, if you customer want to defer payment or, or pay for things differently, we'll do that. You came to us as partners and said, we're, we're slashing any partner fees that you guys are doing. We're offered training for free, or you were very, very proactive in saying the world's struggling right now and we're in a position to help. And you did that. Where, who's the champions there? Where's that coming from that, that culture? I got, I have to give it to shot news, our CEO, right. And it's, it is a great, I, again, I'm there. So it's, Humbly, I say it, it's an amazing, amazing culture, right? It is gr- build great products. Um, we're very aggressive. We think we know we have the best products, but our focus is to make our customers successful. And it's been a great formula the past eight years. I mean, the business is doing very well. And we're fortunate because we're in an industry with huge wins behind us. But the culture of making our customers successful is something we're super passionate about. If something goes wrong, we're there day and night to make sure our marketers are successful. Um, and yeah, the COVID was important. You know, we had to make a couple big decisions, right? We want to be there for our customers as they struggle. It's a long, Shanu has a very long-term view on the business. Um, and, you know, there's having the confidence to do the changes and the acquisitions and the growth. And um, he, he got a lot of them right. And he has a longer-term view. And we want to be there for the market because, Going full full circle to the beginning of the conversation, right? We believe we will be the platform to support marketers end to end, and we want to do that for them and be there for them for you know today and in the future. So he has a long term view. He's a good he's a good man. At the yeah. last conference before we locked down, went up, shook his hand, thanked him for all the support. I think you know we won won Adobe yeah. Partner of the Year for Marketo in, in 2018 and 2019, and I'm rooting for my team. 2020 if you do the 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 awards again we'll see if we earn it but um love love the culture and shanu i mean it it takes a lot of uh gut and foresight just to go to your organization and the and your shareholders and say we're going to not be a software company anymore we're we're going to move to the cloud we're going to offer our tools as affordable subscriptions as opposed to big 800 upfront 
expense for people to, to have the education programs you have. So students come in in school, like my two daughters who both work in marketing, who could get creative cloud for, I don't know, it was like 50 bucks or a hundred bucks. Don't call me. I mean, like it was, enough, it was so inexpensive. I'm like, of course, honey, yes, you should buy those tools and you should use those um, in school. So keep doing the great work. I miss you guys seeing you. I know my team, um, we feel very connected and, yeah. and we like, we like the partnership, but it would be certainly nice to take us off video and actually do a handshake or a hug again one day soon, I hope. But thank you for the time, Stephen. I really no, appreciate it. It's an honor to be here. And if we could do anything for anybody on the call or you as well, Dave, we really appreciate the partnership. Yeah, I would say uh, to follow that with, with any of the marketing leaders on there, all of you at the C-level, VP level, these guys are, are doing a great job getting you together. Talk to your Adobe account manager and see about getting into those groups so that you can talk with one another and, and peers, or certainly reach out to me. We have a marketing leadership exchange ourselves. And so let's get you guys talking. And it's a challenging job. We're all in it together, but it's great to have tools power beyond our, our wildest dreams, right? That we can do anything that we can come up with. All right, with you guys, that is going to do it for this episode of Demand Gen Radio. I don't have walk-off music for you, Stephen, but I want to thank you again for joining. I want to thank all of you guys for tuning in. We had record listening last month. And um, I love the fact that you guys are tuning in and you're not driving to work, which was was very nervous when your commutes ended that I would lose a lot of you, but you've stayed with us and I'll keep bringing great guests like Steven and others to the podcast. That'll do it. We'll catch you guys on the next episode. You've been listening to Demand Gen Radio, bringing you the top industry experts, thought leaders, authors, marketing technology firms, and senior marketing leaders from around the world to teach you the methods and technologies for high-performance marketing. <laughs>